Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of things to look at in the markets. Some of them happening in the very near future. And how is that going to affect your trade? We're going to talk with Arlen Suderman with FC Stone. And Arlen, let's start out there. A lot of things kind of looming. We know the first one, as you and I were talking before we started this, was the Feds and, the, and their discussion. A Fed statement did come out. How has that affected the markets today? Well, overall, it's kind of a sigh of relief um, as we look at the reaction to it. Um, basically, the Fed general agreement among the voting members um, that uh, they're going to hold the line here on interest rate increases. The Fed was a little bit of a disadvantage not knowing what's going to come out of uh, this week's trade talks with China. Um, but it uh, kind of says, okay, we're going to hold the line not only this year, but through next year and probably not change our benchmark uh, interest rate before 2021. Um, and uh, it did remove some of the language indicating that there were some ins- uncertainties facing our economy. So that was encouraging to the trade. That allowed the stock market to move kind of in the mild gains. Uh, but the real concern was here coming into today's report that the Fed might signal something that might, you know, more going more toward a hawkish view or something like that to make markets nervous and see the dollar rise significantly. And uh, that would be negative for the commodities and, neg- and negative for the equities as well. That did not happen. So uh, item number one on the list of uncertainties for this week is, is now in our rearview mirror. And Brexit uh, coming up as well and the effects that it might have not only on their dollar, but ours. Uh, yeah, you think, okay, why do we care about Brexit other than making interesting reading? Uh, first of all, if we get a, a Brexit divorce, a British divorce from the European Union, we can quickly have a trade deal with them. President Trump is committed to that and uh, maybe see some agricultural products go to the United Kingdom. But second of all, the, the Brexit uncertainty has been one of, not the only, but one of the factors that's really been putting pressure on the euro. And that pressure on the euro has kept pushing the dollar higher and higher. And that's negative for the commodity. So if we could remove some of the uncertainties suppressing the euro, maybe we could get the euro to firm and allow the dollar to go lower, which would be positive for commodities. The reason this week is critical is because uh, Brexit was passed by the people in a referendum uh, it, back in uh, 2016, almost three and a half years ago, June of 2016, and Parliament's still been unable to get uh, to approve a divorce agreement with the European Union, so they haven't left yet. And so the uncertainty that presents the markets has has created a problem. Well, um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has decided enough is enough and he declared a special election uh, tomorrow, December 12th. He did this back in October uh, and has made this the central campaign issue. Vote for Parliament that will that will either push us out of the European Union or keep us in. Basically made it the mandate election. Right now the polls are saying that uh, the Conservative Party that supports Brexit uh, has a lead, and that's expected to be what will happen in the 
they anticipate that there will be enough votes in Parliament to finally approve the exit from the European Union. And as I said, hopefully that will allow the euro to kind of slip lower and, excuse me, higher and the dollar lower and be good for the commodities. Well, we know that these commodities have, have had some frustration as we look at the, the effects of China, which we're going to talk about, uh, USMCA, so many factors being in it. So if we can get kind of a, a handle on this dollar headed into this next week, we might see some positives. Yeah, absolutely. That's the hope that we can get some uh, moment, positive momentum in here. Uh, we didn't see it today in, in the ags, but overall in the commodity sector lately, we've been seeing some cautious optimism that we were going to see some improvement, improved sentiment. Uh, we just need some substance behind that. And uh, today they kind of ran out of patience in the ags and in the, in really across the commodity sector. And we took a step back. Yesterday we took a step forward in a lot of the commodities. We'd like to see that be more positive. Well, December 15th isn't the fact that it's just 10 days from Christmas. December 15th and China. If we don't see something... What do you think is going to happen come Monday, then, the 16th? Yeah, the talks seem to need a deadline. Um, deadlines oftentimes come in the form of uh, President Trump saying, if we don't have an agreement by such and such a date, then I'm going to raise tariffs on whatever. Um, and that tends to provide a deadline. And the current deadline is December 15th, as you said, a 15% tariff on $165 billion worth of primarily consumer goods that come from China to the United States. China does not want those tariffs to go into place. The markets don't want those tariffs to go into place. China has been negotiating with President Trump trying to get him to delay or suspend those scheduled tariffs. He has not. Every time through the history of these talks over the last year and a half that he has delayed or suspended tariffs, the talks have stalled out. Um, and so he really doesn't want to. And what we heard from uh, a White House this week is in order to suspend or delay them, he needs to see China show greater movement in the talks. That tells me that they're not happy with the movement that China is making. I felt pretty good about us having a chance of getting an agreement until last Friday when we got a strong jobs report. And I thought that strong jobs report just may give President Trump uh, enough confidence in our economy. He may hold the line with these tariffs and try to uh, force some more concessions out of China. Uh, that very well may be the case. I don't know. There's a lot hinging on this over the next few days. Definitely going to add to some excitement as we look at the markets headed the rest of this week into the weekend come Monday. So lots to talk about as we continue with the grains for a little bit in part two. And, of course, an update of what's been happening with African swine fever. Not so good news for our counterparts in China. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Arlen Suderman continues to join us from FC Stone, the Brazilian weather, for the most part, is pretty good. Had a little bit south into Argentina, there might be some issues. So what are you hearing from boots on the ground for crop development? Uh, the Brazilian crops are coming along nicely. They're, it's on the dry side, so to speak, relative to what they normally get but they normally get much more rain than what they need for the crops, uh, and the crops are staying in pretty good condition. We're really looking for a fairly normal crop right now. It's a little bit more dry in the southern areas of the country right now, but they're expected to see some showers coming up here soon, and they've got time. The crops are less developed down there, and they have more time. 
Um, and uh, if you go down in Argentina, about half of the belt is facing some dryness and uh, has had some heat. That heat is expected to abate here soon um, and a few showers around. Um, but that's a little bit more concerning in Argentina, something we're going to have to keep our eyes on. But right now in Brazil, it's looking pretty good. I should say in, Ar- in Argentina, only about half of the corn and soybeans are even planted for the c- current crop year, whereas in Brazil, um, they're just about uh, four weeks away from starting harvest. Is it true that there are, they are short on grain down there to be able to make some export possibilities? They are short uh, in Brazil specifically, and that's because, and, you know, they had a big safrina corn crop last year, a record-sized crop, and so uh, with our basis being so strong this year because of the fear that it was going to be a short crop, um, they took advantage of that, and they sold a lot of corn on the global market, and our exports just collapsed, and they were very aggressive in selling that corn. And... So they basically sold more than they should have, and now all of a sudden they're tight. One of the reasons they're tight is their demand is going up. Brazil, excuse me, China has been buying a lot of meat from uh, from Brazil, especially pork, but also poultry and beef. So their meat prices are up, pork prices are up, hog prices, I should say, are up 35% in the last six months. People are wanting to expand production. Uh, corn basis is up significantly, uh, and that's encouraging more safrina corn planting, but they need more corn. They need more soybeans domestically. They may need to import, it looks like, and in fact, today we got confirmation they've actually started to import some, but it's coming from Argentina. The question is whether they'll really need to import from the United States. At this point, we don't see that. They've looked at it. It's close. But so far, the math works out for them to import corn from Argentina, which removes some of the corn that Argentina could sell to other of our customers, though. Jump over to the livestock side. African swine fever. It has been kind of quiet as of late, but it sounds like it's kind of rearing its ugly head once again. And it's been quiet because China's largely not been reporting a whole lot officially, and they're still not. But as we talk to our people in our Shanghai office uh, this week, they tell us that there's been a significant uptick in uh, reports, private reports, not government reports, but private reports of African swine fever outbreaks in central China. And uh, those are expected to continue. And they said there is no indication that they've been able to slow African swine fever um, or kind of stop it, let alone slow it. And it continues to be a big problem. Some of the latest data out this week indicates that food inflation, now because of the meat shortage, food inflation is at 19.1% for the month of November. That's up from 10.5%, excuse me, that's up from 15.5% that we had in October, which was up from 10.1% the previous month. So it's escalating very rapidly because of the shortage of meat in China. So what does that mean for us? I mean, we've been waiting for some sort of agreement. I think it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, in the first half with China needing this December 15th. Yeah, absolutely. They need our meat primarily pork, but also poultry and beef. They need to lift some of the restrictions. They have done some of the restrictions on poultry. They need to do more on beef, uh, but they need to take shipment. Uh, private exporters have been seeing some relief and some waves, reportedly waived uh, tariffs on pork. Uh, 
We have seen an, an uptick in shipments. They've been picking up the pace of late. The problem with the hog market is that we overproduced to so, such an extent early in the year before those shipments really ramped up that we've built up a surplus. And so we're really not going to see the need to sustain a rally in the hog complex until we get through that surplus and can then justify higher prices to try to stimulate more production. Are we going to see some higher cash possibilities out there for cattle? Uh, 119 in the Southern Plains this last week. The general thinking is we may be back there this week as well and maybe hold steady. It's right where we were last year. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? INTLFCstone.com or over on Twitter. My handle is at Arlen, A-R-L-A-N, F is in Frank, F is in Frank, 101. Thanks so much, Arlen Suderman. Joining us, just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast through ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.